Hi, hello, Internet. This is the Drunken the Newsies, bringing you all the news you never wanted to know, ever. Um, <laughs> what? Is that, is that our tagline from now on? I don't know, maybe. It's just, it's going to be a rotating tagline, depending on however I, the hell I feel. Um, you're a rotating hi. tagline. Your mom's a rotating tagline. I rotated her you're last night. Anyway, um, anyway. Wow. Anyway, now that I've made wow. jokes about Sam's mom. Uh, you have to go, you have to go to the let's see, home. so how much news? You know do we actually have any news to report in this? Oh, yeah. Uh, There's one bit of like news. My- uh, our interview with Travis will be posted the week after this is after the the week after this goes up. So if you didn't catch it, posted. if you didn't catch it on Sci-Fi Lab, um, on his show because the archive oh, the archive is good enough, it's gonna go up on our site um, next week. Also, last night my mom went to a a New Year's party party dressed as a pirate. Amazing. Uh, how was oh, everyone's How was okay. everyone's How was everyone's New Year? How is everybody enjoying 2012 so far? Um, Amanda and I put all of our year's regrets into a pinata and load it into a fire as we counted on to the new year. It sparked a fire tornado. Fantastic. Not even making that up. I, I, I really wish that I didn't live in a blue state. Um, I really wish I could do, I really wish I could, I could do something that would be considered arson here. Um, I got really I, drunk. I do, I do also. <laughs> Oh, and a bunch of this, this. This whole thing was supervised by a lawyer, by the way. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, West Virginia. Yeah. Oh man. So. Round, take me home. Yep. Um. And I guess the only other news to report is that all of us are really sick right now. Well, not all of us, but a Basically. number, a number of us, like four people in this. Group. Basically. Would that be some news to report, though, that soon there is going to be another Drunk and Ugly Con? Oh, that's true. Um, I don't know oh, if that's news. That I don't true. know if that's news we really want to report. <laughs> um, <laughs> there might be some more live games coming in the future. Yeah. Who knows? Um, there, there might be several members of the Drunk and Ugly under my roof again. Yep. We're going to live in Nate's house and eat Maybe. all of his food. <laughs> we, we, hey, drink, we gotta... drink all my alcohol. <laughs> drink all the alcohol we got nate. a surplus for new year's yeah we did <laughs> nate nate we need to yeah, buy you a mansion and then we all live in the mansion and then we we record all our games from that mansion i don't i don't think you can under, i don't think you understand sam you can't you can't consume all this alcohol i am excited and i'm really disappointed that i can't bring alcohol to you because i'm flying you that can, is that is the most can, disappointing thing we have we have alcohol stores if you wanted if you had like a favorite brand <laughs> technically you can uh, bring alcohol if you pack it away yeah but who wants to check luggage for a weekend trip um, yeah exactly okay uh so five minutes in and we've already gotten really <laughs> off topic <laughs> <laughs> we're the best as as usually um but yeah i guess there's there's some news in that we are currently planning a couple of different new campaigns did we talk about this last time the cyberpunk one and the one i'm working on and yeah those are stuff. yeah if we whenever we actually get around to doing those they're going to be posted like four months after the facts four months. Well, yeah but you know they, are, they do exist. We're working on new stuff. Yeah. We're yeah, still we, playing Fritos, too. Shit's gotten real in Fritos. Oh, yeah. Again. It usually does that. It has gotten... The, it, 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 got, it got real, took a break, and then got more real. Um, so... It doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop. The real train just keeps on a-rolling. Yep. Um, Mario Speedwagon. There'll also, 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 at one point, be a... Sometime soon, more than likely. Um, as I now have, I now have uh, several concrete ideas for this. Um, a uh, 
a uh, pretty much a Frida's a a, a, a Frida's guide in, if you want to call it that. A side story. Ooh. Yeah. Um. That pretty much focuses that pretty much focuses on August and what's been going on with him. Oh, is that actually going to be a guide in? I thought that was actually going to yeah. be part of the part of the main game. No. That's 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 going to be that's going to be something I run for. That's something I run for. Um. For uh, Sean. Sean. Um, is it going to be a lone wolf game? Only, no, only I'm, run, I'm running it. I'm running it for Sean and several other players. Except Sean's the only person playing someone that is from the main tree to cast. It'll be it'll be an interesting um, series of games. I guess another bit of news is that Ship of Fools is ending soon. Yeah, that that campaign is drawing to a close. And in, and in related news, the sort of dystopia <laughs> Kickstarter is going online, and like uh, somewhere around, I think somewhere around January twentieth is when we're going to start that up. Oh, uh, have we mentioned the uh, other possible games we that uh, Nate and Zach are going to run? Running I think we mentioned the Magical Girls thing in the in the interview with Travis, which is going up sometime yeah. soon. Yeah, we did that. Wild um, talents. What? What other things am I running? Uh, the old Cherubs game. That's oh. kind of a one-off, and that's in that's 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 still in that's like that's nebulous future. Yeah, it's still a twinkle in Nate's I, eye. That's the thing. Is I I really have no other campaigns or mini campaigns in mind at this point. I my idea mill has kind of run slowly to a halt. Um, we're going to take. We're going to take the the onus of running massive campaigns away from Nate for a little while and let him rest. Well, we're not that, even. That might be a good idea. I, th- well, I mean, think. I mean, thinking about it, like Frida's and Road Trip are the only like big campaigns we've run. I don't think. I think. I think. The well, th- I think one of the things that. Well, yeah, but I run. I run a lot of campaigns, though. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, they were, and, and they were smaller and more compact, but yours are yours are smaller, but they're definitely much heavier. Dense. They're like you know no, I mean? yeah. It's it's yeah. a it's a it's a it's like it's a, you you run a Japanese campaign. It's smaller and more efficient. <laughs> Um. <laughs> hey, and uh, coming up, I'll run a campaign. No. What? <laughs> oh no! Actually, we do have something. We do have something. Never. Um, we are we are uh, actually playing. Um, finally, finally getting to play Legend of the Five Rings, um, which is a uh, a game that is very close to my heart, due to being the first um, the first ever role playing game, the, the first first role playing game that I ever ran. For any group, not this group, mind you, but I ran for any group in general. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we're, we're playing. We, we have a campaign going on now. Um, it's based on the uh, the um, Journey to the West uh, Chinese story. It's it's pretty fun. Yep, I get to play the Monkey King and be a giant asshole at everybody <laughs> and punch down so trees normal. with my muscles. Just so good, <laughs> just just like normally. Yeah. No, he really does kick a tree in half at one point. At one point, it was wonderful. It, what do you no, mean? No, not, not, what do you mean at one point? One tree. What do you mean <laughs> at one point? <laughs> Doing that as a as a as a practical thing after a while. <laughs> Somebody needs to borrow a door. I kick a tree down and hand it to them and say, "Here you go." <laughs> yep. Um. But I guess yeah. That's, oh, uh, there's oh, okay. something, something else. Um. Sam, you and I haven't haven't got the chance to talk about this yet, but uh, I kind of want to do this. Um, in the uh, in the in the um, in the sort of dystopia Kickstarter that's coming up, uh, one of the this, this is a, best, guess a bit of an update on what's going to be included is uh, also uh, included in there is going to be um, 
I'm I'm writing a novella. Uh, writing about writing novella, hoping to publish that as well. Um, and it is based in the actual you know, dystopian universe. Uh, and I'm going to include that, include it not that not the full novella, but um, a uh, so, some chapters of that in the Kickstarter and whatnot. Awesome, awesome. Are those going to be rewards for contributors, or are those going to be? I mean, it's awesome. Very cool. You heard it here, folks. Get some of Nate's writing for free. Not for free. You have to pay money for it. You get it for free in addition to paying money. Right. You get in addition free to other money. things. <laughs> free money. Shut up, Charlie. One of the things we're giving away in this Kickstarter, money. No. <laughs> money. You just got to pay. Give us money twice. so we can give you money. Give us $5 <laughs> and we will give you $3. You see, if we buy. <laughs> <laughs> we're like a bank, only worse and bad. Okay, so we're like we a bank. No, we got these golden coins. <laughs> the thing about gold is that it only is going to go up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, no, in, yeah, invest, <laughs> invest, in, invest in our $50 proofs. Avoid disappointment and future <laughs> regret. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I don't know what we did there, but it was wonderful. Um, <laughs> All right, let's answer some questions. Yep, let's do this. So our first question comes in from Mandas. <laughs> I don't really know if what I wrote counts as a question. I just wrote a bunch of um, reactions. You can, you, can, you can respond to that stuff on air if you have I stuff can, to elaborate on. I can respond to the things I wrote. Yeah, Amanda, answer yourself. Well, no, but... <laughs> My favorite... Hold on, hold on. There's, one que- there's a couple questions in here. If George, ha- if George, if Emma George happens, does that technically also involve Emma Condor? Does Condor watch give pointers... This isn't a real question. This please, isn't a real question. Please don't please answer. Please don't answer. So, guys. <laughs> too late. Guys. Now it is. So, guys. Yeah. Right. <sighs> the, the, the answer is, Condor doesn't know how, how, how human anatomy works. Get out of here. Yeah. Con- you would still, you would, Condor, Condor yeah, I, still I, got, I think in the most literal sense, Condor does watch. Um, but Condor, but that's only as a, that's only as a, only as like a mother figure sort of way and not in a creep. <sighs> You can't make that not creepy. It's a mo- it's like, I mean, it, it doesn't, doesn't understand. It, Condor does not understand things. All the Condor understands is conquering and kicking ass. See, there's yep. a reason why I put that end part of that question there. This isn't a real question. Well, too late. Okay, and why is Manny not? Why is Manny the central peg in his shipping shirt? What about Scoggist? Um, all I have to say with this is I agree wholeheartedly. Scoggist is the way to go. Hey, any the thing about Manny is anyone you can ship anyone with him, and you could and you could kind of be in a way correct. (laughs) I will. I mean, like it would work. It would work. You could ship anyone with him, and nothing would be gay. No, I'm not saying it won't be gay. That though, my my personal opinion um, is uh, is that Manny himself is the is the um, oddly enough the most sexless of the characters. Despite have despite you know his uncle and his his uh, his plethora of um, relationship advice, um, Manny's like the only person that hasn't that hasn't shown explicit interest in either male or female characters. He 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 is someone that 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 has never once described describes uh, any sort of romantic or sexual um, attra- attraction. Therefore, it's just like well yeah eh, you know put him in anyone. It would make sense. He's got friends. He's got people he likes to hang out with, and that's about the extent of it. Yeah. 
Well, because of the, because of that, you can't really because of that is particularly difficult to you know ascribe a uh, a uh, any sort of um, sexual identity to Manny because he otherwise doesn't appear to have one. And when you when you're dealing with characters in their sexual identity, shipping them is easy. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, so on to real questions from people who aren't us. Um, so let's see. Oh, oh, oh hold on. I, I hate to interrupt. <clears throat> okay. But Sam did mention something uh, in the chat there that I'm reminded of. Um, I, <laughs> I'll be completely honest. I am totally. Um, uh, I've I've never really done official commissions before. Although I am trying to uh, get into a field of. Uh, illustrating in school, so I, I figure I, you know, doing commissions here and there probably would help boost the confidence a little bit. So if any of our listeners are interested in commissions by one Mandas, uh, they can check out my Tumblr at. Uh, hold on, what the hell is my Tumblr? Mandas.tumblr.com. I think it's just Mandas.tumblr.com. Manda, how do I know your website better than you? I don't visit my own damn website. Well, maybe you should. It's called the dashboard and stuff. If anyone if anyone wants to visit my Tumblr site, which is FD safe for one thing, it is atempwatchman.tumblr.com. See, that doesn't roll off the tongue as nicely as mandas.tumblr.com, which where you can find uh, art for Frida's, uh, pretty much anything else I do, a lot of pictures of me doing stupid things, and if you have any commission ideas or anything, I'd most certainly try to figure out prices. <laughs> And I'll pretty I much do anything. I pretty much have no shame, as these boys are telling <laughs> I, I also have a Tumblr called uh, Charlie's, uh, what is it, Charlie's Floor, which I just reblog stuff. Again, does not roll off the tongue as nicely as mandas.tumblr.com. Hey, mine's charliesfloor.tumblr.com. Now, we could have a, a big old Tumblr fight, or we could ask some more questions. Oh, Tumble your fight. All right, yeah, answering questions. Let's see. All right, so we have we've got, we've got one from David W. Um, got three from David W. Well, let's see. We have one that's an actual set of questions from David W. Uh, well, yeah, one post, three questions. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for answering my question. I'm not a huge Spirit of the Century fan. Uh, this is in regards to us answering questions about the Fate system. Um, I dislike the lack of engagement and the general setting. I looked at the Pirates game for our steampunk airship-tastic campaign we did last year, but ended up going with Legends of Angler, and I'm... Angler? I don't know. I'm ruining that horribly. Um, that was my favorite Fate flavor for a long time till Strands of Fate swept our gaming group off its feet. A few more questions. Uh, one, what are, what are some of your favorite gaming systems? Do you really have to... Do I really have to answer this question? <laughs> <laughs> clearly clearly all matt loves and lives and breathes is monsters it's all he does every day for the rest of his life i uh, I, 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 I i'd have to say the uh, the one the one roll engine is a pretty fun system i really really enjoy it, the one roll engine it fucking is it is a great great system i, I like one roll engine and the topia engine nate oh well <laughs> I, I like your thanks nate I'm, I'm saying i like your system thank you the one i helped I helped in minute ways create in minuscule. Hey, can you do this? <laughs> yes, I. <laughs> Dear Nate, could you put this in? I am a big fan of your system, but I think this could be an improvement. Will you put tables in in for dislocating limbs? Thank you, Charlie. Say, dearest, thanks. dearest Charlie. No, but thank you for the compliment. Continue, <laughs> con- continue on your game writing career. 
Um, <laughs> signed, Nathan wow, Allen. Wow, in, um, in my head, I totally took the M out of that word. What? Oh, snap. Gang. Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> um... I, like like I said, I'm a huge fan of ORE, but I'm actually, since I'm currently planning a campaign um, in this, this particular flavor of ORE is the A Dirty World game system, which is really, really cool, and I'm really excited to start playing it if I can badger these assholes into playing my games. Um, I'd, play you, it, I'd, play is, you, I'd play your game if it didn't steal my ideas that I never told anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I want to do it. I want to do like a sci-fi thing with using Dirty World 2, and you're like, N-, and I never told anyone about it because I was still planning it. But then you're like, nope, I'll do it too. Apparently, nope, when like I, I stuck and I snuck into your head at night while you were sleeping and drained your ideas. Damn, you committed. And now they're mine. And then he comp- and then he complimented Charlie on I his did. wardrobe. I'm a terrible thought criminal. <laughs> <laughs> I left Damn, him a note Sam, why do you gotta him? think like me? Like, <laughs> oh, why God. do we have to like the same things? <laughs> so, uh, um, but yeah, for those I was just gonna say, for those of you who don't know, a dirty world um, is written by Greg Stolte of Arc Dream. It's awesome. It's super well written. It's incredibly noir. It's basically uh, mechanics for arguing with people, and it's really, really, really cool. So look for that eventually. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess uh, the next part of that are uh, what are what are some aspects of game systems that you really like, and which do you dislike? Sorry, Matt. I just deboed your uh, your uh, narrative there. Apparently, I thought you were going to answer questions about systems you liked, and so was Manda. But okay. Uh, oh, oh no, Manda. <laughs> I don't think I really count. <laughs> yes, I already, you do. I already Stop answered saying that. Yeah, we're not. Manda, you're cool, and the things you do are cool. It's true. <laughs> Actually, I suppose yeah. You answered that. You answered that question in the news segment. Um. Um. You want my honest opinion? Yes. I really like the role under system. <laughs> I liked it when we used one damn D10, and that's all I needed. Yeah, but it was really co- it was really confusing to figure out things that were designed for working with ten dice. So, so basically, what you're saying is you 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 like you you like the Call of Cthulhu system, then. What I'm saying is I hate math. That's not math. This is the farthest <laughs> that's, thing that's from math. This is pattern recognition. It's, it's... <laughs> this isn't even. There's no adding. There is more math in the roll under system than there is in any other. There is in well, one roll engine. Matt, don't get so angry. <laughs> he, woke, he woke me up to do math. It's simple arithmetic. It, uh, man, I just want to hear from you how the one roll engine has math in it. <laughs> Please explain this to Matt, me. Matt just, Matt just hated the roll under system so much that this is his response. I didn't. I don't hate it. It's just like the look, one roll engine works so much so better I because it was like written it. by professionals. Look, look. It reminds me. It uses width and height. That reminds me too much of my job. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's stop yelling at Amanda and answer these other I know, questions. No goodness. Sam's all like, we like you, Amanda. Why don't you answer this question? I'm like, oh, I'm going to be honest. I like rolling one dice. And you're like, fuck you. You said, you said, I, I'm just coming at it because you said, like, <laughs> I don't like math. And I'm just saying, well, bro. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm sorry I shit on your favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. How about them Cheerios? <laughs> so, what aspects of game systems do you like, and what do you really dislike? Apparently, Manda's is math. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. oh, man. Matt, I'll make oh, it 
got you when you come visit. <laughs> I'll make you some cake or something. <laughs> Why do I get the feeling you're going to come out of the cake or Nate is going to come out of the cake? When, you know, when she said, I'll make it up to you, I'm just like, oh my god, is she going to kill me or something? <laughs> yes. um, hey, that could involve coming out of cake, too. <laughs> yeah, I this cake right, and then there's the- my next Call of Cthulhu scenario. Oh god. God damn it. Uh, Eldritch <laughs> Stripper. Um. Dude, but the, the answer to the question on my end, um, as far as uh, things, like, things I like and dislike in systems, uh, well, it's, the, the, easy, the easiest answer is uh, things I dislike. Tables and charts. <laughs> Yeah. I hate having to go through tables and charts. So you hate. I, so uh, is that why you hate the made RPG so much? No, no. Because <laughs> that's a hundred pages of tables and charts. I don't. No, things character creation wise. Character creation wise, it's fine. But I mean gameplay. Like when you're actually in gameplay. Oh yeah, you have yeah. To no, yeah. Like, um, what, well, like, like at Ava, for instance. Exactly. And how, yeah. how when you injure something, you have to consult a table to see how injured it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The the forty k systems. You know, they they. The 40k games, you know, they have that a lot. And it's weird that I still manage to like the 40k games, despite this. Maybe kind of in spite that, in spite of that. Um, <laughs> perhaps just because the flavor of 40, like the actual, you know, flavor of 40k is overpowers how terrible the charts are. Um, <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like, in, in a game, I don't like things that pauses the game. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like to be... If, if if I'm if I'm pulled out of the mood, then I'd, I'm not really going to get back into the mood, basically. So the more, um, yeah, more the go, more, go more of that there is, it's the more it's just like, oh, I'm going to roll some dice to hit a guy. I don't really care how. Just, no, no, role playing sort of starts to cease. Yeah, basically. Yeah, jumping off of that, one one of the aspects of some games that I really really dislike is. Um, non-storytelling-driven combat. Uh, and what I mean by that is anything that causes the actual uh, confluence of events to slow to a halt, like anything that's got a combat round of three seconds or whatever where you sit and, you know, do uh, cast a minor action and cast a spell and, okay, there's my turn. So you like... That kind of thing really... Yeah. Like, and that's why I love One Roll Engine because it's, you know, it's all about okay, describe it, describing what you're gonna do, describing the effects of everything. It makes the game much more immersive and much more cinematic, and that's what I like in my games is I like being immersed. Yeah, essentially, yeah. I mean, ta- yeah, tactical combat definitely has its place, but it kind of, I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a thing. I mean, I guess that's one thing. It's not we're not saying anything is right or wrong here. It's just personal. You know, there are a lot of yeah, people that there are a lot of people that like tactical combat. The thing is, though, the thing well, is, I, thing do, is I, uh, I, I do like tactical combat and some stuff. It's just for us in the way that the method that we are forced to play in doing tactical combat is just kind of a nightmare. The thing is, you know, though, with tactical combat is tactical combat can be done in in, in an immersive way. Um, and I guess this yes, is this absolutely is, can. It just takes a lot of time, and uh, uh, not a lot of people are going to be. Right. capable of making that happen. And this it's, is actually you know, it, it requires a lot of preparation. No, this, you, you could. this is this is actually something that that um that I give this is actually this is actually the thing that I, that I, that that another one of the things I, that I do actually like about the 40k systems um is that if you kind of strip away the charts, you could act, like the like the actual tactical combat in 40k is really really simple, but due to the you know expansive amount of weaponry and etc and the amount of things you can do, the the amount of tactics that are available to you are ridiculous. 
Um, well, it is based on a war game. That makes sense. It is, it is based on a war game, but again, if you, if yeah. you strip away the charts and if you strip away the charts and the uh, you know the ran, some random rolling for effects, um, what you have is basically a, a a what you have basically is a tactical combat system that allows for immersive interaction. Um, because it is at that point, it is fairly easier. Only rolling two dice. Yeah, uh, I think Ever. the only charts you should really pay attention to are the uh, critical damage charts and the and the ones that where the psycho fucks something up. Those yeah, are the only. The thing, the thing is, there's a lot of critical damage charts, and that's why that's that's my main beef right there. Yeah, I mean, even uh, even in even in even in Ad Ava, there's there's three different charts depending. Actually, no, there's three different kinds of sets of charts depending on where something is hit, um, what kind of weapon it's hit by, and how much damage is dealt. Yeah. Yeah, and also uh, the the angels have their own little chart in, because they're not like Ava's and stuff. Also, that's, that's yeah. what I mean. If you can if you can, if you can basically ignore the critical damage charts, then what you have is a very very immersive tactical situation. It's yeah. It, it, and clearly I'm, clearly I just need to play some 40k role playing games then. And, and Sam, my... you know what? I'll tell you what, man. I will run <laughs> a for you, for you guys at some point. Yes, I will, I will run. That's all I want. That's all play. I want. Also I'll, speaking, I'll run, um, I'll run it. I'll run it in the way that I like it to be played. Also speaking of Badass. speaking speaking of tactical combat and cinematic combat, um, there's a game that I haven't played that I've heard a, that I've heard a lot about, um, which is I guess Iron Heroes, which is an expansion for Dungeons and Dragons three uh, third three point five edition. Which is which basically removes a lot of the spellcasting elements um, and adds in a lot of stuff to make, basically make it like Conan the Barbarian. I think it was made by the same people who eventually did the fourth edition. I think, well, like a lot of people who were behind that made the stuff. Yeah, but, I think that's. So in I, case- I think that's one thing that's like that really that's really like is a good like merging point between tactical and cinematic is like probably the most raw essence of tactical combat is like D&D 3.5 edition where there's like there is there is one optimal thing you should do in a situation and most of the time it's kind of boring to do that and but speaking of I mean if it's if it's done by the same people who did 4th edition like 4th edition allows you to do things that are tactically sound and also entertaining yeah yeah well, uh, actually, to to, uh, to give to give an example of this, uh, sorry to harken back to 40k so, so much. Um, uh, in this in this uh, 40k campaign that I'm in, um, uh, Black Crusade, uh, my character I play I play a character who's a passive psyker. All of all all of her psyker psyker powers are not at all conscious. She just she just doesn't want to die. Therefore, no one shoots her. Um, it is literally a uh, literally a, a a power that um, that lets her cease to be a target and then anything else around her ceases to be a target so from ta- from a from a uh, immersion standpoint this is this is me actually role playing a character ducking hiding and, and, and pleading to not die or pleading to not be killed from a tactical standpoint this is her hiding behind allies and accidentally causing them to not be shot <laughs> So you managed to find you managed to find a way to make a character that is tactically advantageous and also fun for you to play. Yes. All right. Precisely. Um, are there any other aspects of systems that we like or do not like? Apparently, we're really good at mentioning the ones we don't like. <laughs> That's always easier. Well, although I guess, yeah, although I guess, through mentioning what we didn't the- like, we also managed to we managed to mention what we did because that's typically kind of a binary thing. Um, yep. That we're all, all. I think most of us are in favor of cinematic of cinematic elements. For some reason, we only talked about combat, but really, I guess that's where most of the rules are in a role playing game. 
Um, well, but, but, yeah, that, I mean, that's where, that's where games slow down is always in combat. And anything that makes games not slow down is good for me. Yeah. And it, it, it can basically be uh, it can basically be taken to, um, you know, a slightly more broad uh, term, just immersion in general. We are, as I, I, I can honestly say that, you know, any game that does anything that breaks my that, that breaks immersion for me is not so fun for me. Also, that's I guess that's one other thing I'm going to um, think about aspects I like and think um, harking back to one roll engine and specifically, um, I'm just going to go on another rant here about why I love monsters and other childish things so much. It's just <laughs> one of the things. One aspect I really like in games is open endedness. Um, just the just ease of like making something and one of the things about about monsters and other childish things that's like so amazing is is like the threat system that not only can you just use that if you say if you want to like you know you know yo you kick the hornet's nest then you have to fight a swarm of bees um you can also do it to you can also do it to just create an encounter just like one of the things they talk about in bigger bads is like if you wanted to go in a burning building and rescue somebody you can call the burning building a 10d threat and every round yeah. it makes an attack on you and you make attacks on it with like pe or wrestling or something like you can just you can use the threat system to define any any sort of encounter yep it's true and it is wonderful and useful i have i have abused it whenever i run things yeah <laughs> that's yeah the one of the things that Nate loves about the threat system is that threats can throw more than 10 dice <laughs> to oh yeah, yeah, yeah i believe in one of our games you had a threat that threw 20 dice at once um yep it hated you yep uh and i'm trying to and i mean like was that the snake monsters I think they were only 15 no snake, snake monsters were shattered out. They were. Oh, I thought they only yeah. had. I thought they were fifteen D threats, but uh, it was the was. Oh, uh, well, yeah, okay, yeah, they were fifteen. It was it they, was they big. It was the big shade that had that was a twenty die threat. Um, oh yes. And fortunately, you guys, <laughs> but Zach rolled just the craziest number and just fucked that thing shit so hard. <laughs> yeah. I just finished editing that up. Um, Jave has one more question here. Uh, if we if we're done with the parts of games that we like and parts that we dislike. I think we covered everything, guys. Moving on. Yep. So <laughs> Sounds what, good to me. What was your favorite game system, and how was your experience? Or what was your first game system, and how was your experience? <laughs> Paranoia, actually, I think. Yeah, it was Paranoia, the first game system I played. Like, I, Ironically, it was one of the more uh, serious games of Paranoia that I ever heard of or played. Like, it was still, you know, wacky until, like, the finale, and then it kind of got, like, slightly serious. So it went from Adams to Orwell? <laughs> Yeah, not, 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 you know, all way or well, like, because my character, like, no, they see, my character, you know, was like this part of like this drug cult thing, uh, like drug secret society. Like at first he was all against, like, we found these guys who lived outside Alpha Complex and at first they used like, oh God, these guys need to, you know, pay their, their evil. And they go, wait a minute, I can grow drugs out here. And then he just switched sides immediately. Not even, but, uh, but it was still like, it was the, like, I kind of get the feeling that's the place, you know, like there's supposed to be, you know, paranoia is not supposed to be complete Looney Tunes. It's supposed to kind of be like portal level, you know, insanity, you know, like it, it, well, I mean, I mean the, the troubleshooters edition has like, there are three different versions. There is the completely like zany cartoon level, which is zap, which is if you want to play a game that's less than an hour long. (laughs) Zap. Well, I think the most thing is that people play, you know, they play classic normal mode. as it. Yeah, they play classic, but they play it with Zap 
motivations, and that's why, you know, it yeah. gets branded a lot as just completely clown shoes game. Yeah, and you can't, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Zap is never going to last more than an hour. Everybody's going to be out of lives. <laughs> yeah. I remember that was one of the things that it's like talking about all the different levels, like starting from straight to classic to zap, like saying how someone's a traitor that it's like in I I only remember like classic is you like you find evidence, you you contact like you contact uh, you contact a superior officer and then they have a talk in zap. You say you're a traitor. Shoot your gun. They actually have it in a step by step guide in zap one. Say you're a traitor Two fire. (laughs) <laughs> huh. yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, Nate. I said my thing about my first gaming system, Paranoia. Um, first game, first, uh, first game system I ever played was D and I don't play D and D anymore. I think that sums it up. <laughs> uh, the listeners got to hear the very first gaming system I've ever played. Um, I don't know if there's much. If I mean, if they listen to the road trip campaign, they heard it at least. So I don't know if there's much that I can say that is different from what's on the recording. Well, you can describe. Like, you can describe your feelings there, because I don't think you. I mean, it's what we know what you did, but we don't know what it was like for you. <laughs> Unless you don't want to go through that. Well, well, well. I pictured it being a lot more beautiful than it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I pictured rose petals on a Sunday afternoon. No. Um, <laughs> uh, I was excited, but I was also really worried about coming off as a dumbass, which I guess can just sum up how I feel doing anything. It's like I, I, I was really ready to put my all into it and to make a cool character and a cool concept and everything. And I didn't quite know how it was going to work out. Um, but I, I mean, I'd say it was for it, I, I don't think ever it was too bad of a first time gaming character. And I definitely have learned a lot since then. And I continue to learn stuff even now. Uh, I mean, the road trip games still sort of hold a special place in my heart as being my first. But uh, I definitely have noticed improvement in myself from then. Right. And um, I'm going to say, like, I think going back to my last questions, um, going back to the last question, one of my other favorite things about Monsters is just how easy it is to get into and play. <laughs> and oh, I think, yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, you can, It was very comfortable. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can teach someone the rules to the game. And you can teach everyone in, in a group the rules to the game and have characters made in 30 minutes. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much my philosophy whenever going into a new game um, so far, and is the same as it was when I first picked up Everett and some dice and started to play. It was, you tell me what to roll, and I will roll it, and then you tell me what that means. <laughs> and I will pretty much do anything, <laughs> and I'll go along with anything, as long as, you know, you set me on the right path. Uh, all right, then. Um, Sam, you want to go, uh, or should I? Um, you can go. I'll go last. All right, yeah. Well, Ooh. my first my first, my first, first foray into gaming was Dungeons & Dragons 3.5 edition. Um, and I'm going to say my experience with it, my first experience with it was like, my mind was just like blown. Like I was insanely <laughs> into this, like, because, um, the only experience I had had with, I, I didn't never really actually played, like I had never done role playing before outside. Well, I had never done role playing before or played in a role playing game or even really played like a tactical war game before. So 3.5, like I remember, um, like the first time we did combat and stuff, it was, I was like really into that because it was, it was just like this really 
you know, especially at early levels, like D&D combat is really fast, just boom, boom, pow. And like people, either the monsters are dead or you are dead. Um, and if your DM's good, you are not dead. But <laughs> um, and I just remember, like, I, the whole thing I kept saying was I the character I was playing was like a monk. And I think I took improved grappling because Stunning Fist is kind of a shitty power unless you take some other powers later. Um, and so I remember, like, one of the things I really expected it to be like Neverwinter Nights because that's what I had played before. And in Neverwinter Nights, you click on a dude and sometimes you use special abilities and it plays like World of Warcraft, basically. Um, but in this one, it's like, like, okay, so you can you can make you can make a charge attack on this guy, then you can grab then you can grab him, snap his neck, and use him as a club on another guy. And that was like just blew my mind because it's like you can do like because it's not a com- because it's a person and not a computer in charge, you can do anything. Anything can be done in a role playing game. And that's just like, ah, that was crazy. Um, <laughs> I had that experience with writing. That's why I stopped playing with GI Joes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, although you can tell a lot of stories about GI Joes. Yeah, it's yeah, no. true. It's true. No, I just, I, I just, uh, Lego, when I was Legos, man, Legos can tell any story. When I was, when I was, uh, <laughs> let's see, when I was like seven or eight, uh, I, uh, when I, when I, when I, when I started like really loving putting words on paper. Um, it was because I realized that G.I. Joes can't bend their arms like crazy and do all this crazy, this crazy wacky shit that I wanted them to do. So yeah. I can make things do that on paper. And also um, in that vein, like actually when I, I think it was about a year from when I started playing Dungeons and Dragons to when I actually started role playing in Dungeons and Dragons and not just power gaming and shit, because at some point I got tired of the tactical combat and like swinging my sword repeatedly at things because I got to level 10 or 15 or at some point we got to epic levels i'm like wow epic level combat is boring <laughs> um we actually went we actually went back to an earlier thing and played another campaign and i think the first actual character i made in a game was named mad max McHenry. um because i think he had to we were playing underground so he had to have goggles of night or something so i decided they were crazy mad scientist goggles and he like carried a blowtorch with him, and he was a fighter who used a spike chain, and he talked with a talked with a terrible Lucky Charms Irish accent. Um, and I remember, oh, and at some point, oh, I multiclassed into Barbarian um, because I realized I liked when he went into rages. And I think there was a part where he he critically he critically hit a guy, killed him, and the. The, uh, the DM said that his weapon was embedded in the thing's skull, so I said he stepped on the skull and tore it out. He was oh, like, God. he was, a, he was like, he was a sociopath. Um, and in other words, he Wait, was a player character. Uh, what you should have done was you should you should have um you should you should have had him because uh, it was a spike chain, right? Mm-hmm. You should have had him um like take like cut the guy's head off and then like have like have have the skull sitting live for a while, so that now you have a spike chain with the skull in the end. <laughs> Well, it was like it was like a giant spider or something we were fighting. It was that's what that's, even even worse. That's, badass. That's one of the things. That's one of the things I. Well, the thing was he tore that thing off and then he put and then because he was multi-class into barbarian. Um, I remember one of the things I had was that he put that he put that somewhere on his armor and he started taking trophies from things that he killed. <laughs> Um, and I remember because that that's always that's always the turning point when player characters start taking trophies from the NPCs. That's, they that's what it says. That's, 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 what it's, that's what it says in the book that barbarians do. They take trophies from things they kill. 
<laughs> and to be fair, it was a giant spider, not a people man. No, that is one thing that I dis that I that is one thing um that I do dislike about um Dungeons and Dragons kind of that a lot of things that you fight are not like humanoid. Like I like I like fighting I like fighting people or things that kind of seem like people a lot more than I like fighting amorphous blobs or giant spiders or giant spiders that giant spiders that have Fucking driders, fuck driders. They don't make any sense. Why? <laughs> it is an it is a dark elf that is also part spider. No, that's stupid. Well, because the elf god is spider queen, also. <laughs> that's stupid. Everything about that okay. is stupid. But anyway, I got really off topic. Um, Sam, what was your first role playing game, and how? What was your experience? <laughs> so my first role playing game was actually Call of Cthulhu. I think it was like fifth edition Call of Cthulhu or fourth edition. It was a while ago. Um. And my first experience was not the best, I will say that, but it, it basically we, we were playing The Haunting, which is the, the basic Call of Cthulhu scenario that comes with all of the, um, the rule books for, since you know, the first edition of Call of Cthulhu or whenever it, it originally premiered. Um, and it's really basic. It's just there's a haunted house with a dude inside of it who's causing shit to happen. You go and investigate the haunted house, etc., um, we somehow ended up murdering the primary quest-giving NPC, being led by the noses to the uh, house, and then when we went to check the basement where the guy is, discovered a fully loaded uh, BAR automatic weapon, and then I got a chance to use that to kill the ghost. <laughs> what? I don't think the PAR is supposed to be in the basement. So, did, did this person understand Sam. what Call of Cthulhu was? No. Well, to, to be Very fair, no. Well, to be fair, you killed the primary... This person, this person saw all the rules for Tommy guns and revolvers and all of this actual 1920s, 30s shit in there and was like, alright, cool, we're playing this game. But, yeah. It was, it was fair, a wonder I ever went back. Well, how'd you kill the original quest giver? I mean, maybe that's enough the president. For what this well, game we I can't I can't even remember why we killed him. I think we just didn't like him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep in, mind, was, keep in mind this was like freshman year of high school. Like, you know, we're gonna <laughs> just murder it, dude. Um, I think we just killed him because we and one of the characters just beat him to death because. And, and it was, the, it, there was I don't think this is this is how bad it was. I don't think we rolled a single sand check the entire scenario. Oh God! And it's Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. It was ridiculous, but I love Call of Cthulhu. Oh. So. That is that is incredible. Um. <laughs> Also, also, I I thought you were just describing the what uh, any the only time I think of the haunting. Um, this is because I'm not because I haven't played a lot oh. of Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> is role playing public radios, <laughs> um, tri- trial by fire for Aaron Karsten. <laughs> that, and what you were just, that game is actually worse than the one I was in, but only only by a little bit. <laughs> I, it is a remarkably bad. Game. <laughs> Yeah, but no. It's only and it's entirely because of the PCs. Yeah, it's also because Aaron. I, I, it's also because Aaron didn't hold them off. But uh, this, I guess, we shouldn't be talking well, but, about their show on our show so much. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I guess since there's all these examples being thrown about of what the what the actual experience was with that game for our first game, um, just real quick, my my, my experience with D and D 3.5 when I very first game I played um, was a. Uh, 
was um, a boss rush, pretty much. That's really all it was. Characters arrive in this town. They're paid to go to this tower and kill all the dudes in the tower. And there's a dude on every floor. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty. That that's that is a dungeon crawl right there. That's yeah, what that is. It was, it was it was it was a it was just a boss rush. Um, I was the only person that ever that, that did any amount of role playing in it. Uh, to the to the point where if I took if I took a tactically uh, a, a tactically non advantageous route because it was in character, um, all the, all everyone else in the group got really mad at me personally. So at one point I just started uh, at one point I just started having them taking the uh, tactically uh, the tactically non advantageous route always. Because <laughs> um, I just got mad at it you know, after a while. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I could see I could see that. Like that's one thing. Like um, for all I say for 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 the things. Um, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the combat system in D and D 3.5. At least after a while, I got I I started to get tired of it because it's kind of the same thing after a while. Um, yeah. I do I do appreciate my my old uh, my old DM because he had um, when he had role playing situations, they were always interesting. He always had interesting characters, and even when he had just straight up dungeon crawls, there was always there was always a like there was always a sound theme to them. There was always something beyond to hit this guy a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that, and I mean that was we had we had fun with the game in spite of what it was. <laughs> oh, um, also James is running it, by the way. What? <laughs> James is running it, by the way. I remember. James, oh yeah, that, that was that, 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 that I remember. That, that, I actually remember hearing about this actually. Yeah, that 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 that's, that's to tell you as much as how difficult the boss encounters were. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember. I remember <laughs> you. I remember you actually talking about that a long time back, and it was like. And I thought he was. I thought it was. I thought it was a. I thought you were saying that was a bad game because of two of the players. It was. It was. A, it was a bad game because of the the fact that it was a dungeon crawl. I mean, James was running like it had nothing. I mean, James was running it like a traditional dungeon crawl, basically. So it really nothing to do with that. Um, as it was, he was the, the the players pretty much wanted that, except me. I was the one who didn't want that. Um, the the other the other players were just pretty much gamers. They didn't do any role playing at all. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah. Uh, so beyond that, um, the actual encounters themselves, we died in all of them because you can't actually roll higher than James. <laughs> so it was like demon souls or demon. It was. Souls it, it was. It was like demon souls, except without the chance of success. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of demon souls has no chance of success. There, there are parts designed there specifically to fuck you up. Designed to give you no chance. There are enemies hidden off screen, shooting arrows at you on jumps. And okay. Really cool well, well, assume assume that's uh, the entirety of James. No, yeah, that James. no, yeah, that would be. Yeah, no, I actually, I understand, I understand totally and completely. Um, actually, that's, that's the entirety of James running anything. Now, like Deadlands, for instance. <laughs> be fair. I don't know. We did. We've done pretty well in Deadlands. I actually, we haven't. We haven't had any fight outside outside of the Manito possessing my guy. Um, we need to finish that so I can post that to our site. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, James rolls harder than everyone else always. No, yeah, I even when he's even when, he, even when he's GMing. <laughs> well, to be fair, we did we did okay in the Fallout games we played. Yeah. No. <laughs> no we, well, we did okay. We got our asses handed to us. That's what we did. No, no, we we were there. The first one was like against a boss guy, and we actually defeated him pretty handily. Um, Hell, that was the that was the one where that was the one where Alex pulled a broken chainsaw out of his armor and beat a guy to death with it. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was really awesome. 
Um, Few things will ever get that cool. Yeah. Uh, That's all right, Alex. That was and that is that is another good example of cinematic and tactical combat coming together. Yeah. Because <laughs> the the Fallout combat system is just the the one given for that role playing game is just torn from the video game or from the, from the old computer game actually, which was a turn which was a turn based like turn based squad strategic combat game. Um, with a lot of with a lot of role playing elements in it, so what, what James ended up doing was James took it and streamlined it, and uh, so he, he, took, he actually took a lot of lot, lot of um, influences from 40k. Yeah, uh, yeah, degrees and of success streamlined it, like make it really easy. Yeah, yeah. So that it did, so that it was it was so that his uh, his his version of this of, of this Fallout game is really really tactical, but also really cinematic. No, yeah, uh, no, definitely. Um, and it's also. Also, one of the other things is that fights don't fights don't go on for a long time because, um, because of the degrees of success thing. Because it's very very easy to do just a shitload of damage to somebody in one hit. I think in one of the playtests yeah. we were doing, like I think it was what you were playing a raider with a deagle, and I and and I was some random guy with an M16, and that fight ended in three rounds because the deagle like critted and did seventy damage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's things. I mean. It's 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 a uh, it, I guess I guess you could say it's a uh, very similar to Shadowrun in that case as far as oh yeah well Shadow that that was that is one thing that I I mean that's just one thing that I liked about Shadowrun so much because that was the first system I had played after Dungeons and Dragons and one of the things I love about Shadowrun is the most hit points you can ever have for any build with like the most cyberware ever um is like sixteen a light pistol if it hits you does like three or four damage. So at the most, if you get hit repeatedly, like there's armor and stuff to slow that down. But if you get hit repeatedly, you can take maybe four or five bullets before you're down. Like, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's one. Of, and I think I just realized, uh, re- I discovered recently that actually um, Shadowrun Fourth, that at least takes a lot from the World of Darkness because, and the World of Darkness has all those rules, including very low hit points, because it was originally a LARP. Um, in fact, it still is a LARP. There is a LARP version and there is a tabletop version, but that is uh, a discussion for another time. Yes, I was going to say that we certainly have a lot of other questions, though. Yep. Uh, so we have one from Sam Stickwood. Um, uh, questions. Uh, the comment number four on here. Okay, so first off, I guess in 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 conjunction with his name being similar to Sam's name, it's short for Samuel, but I'm <laughs> called Sam for many reasons. Ironically enough, one of these reasons mirrors a one Doctor Jones. I have horrendous grammar, but then you talk to me, and your impression is this guy has some major, has some major English course. By the way, he can make words be like honey. I should stop writing these at midnight. So yeah, sorry for that. I hate being an insomniac. So apparently he's got a pretty soothing voice. He's got a pretty smexy voice. Uh, I'm, inter- I, I'm interested. Only in, I use the real word. I, I'm I'm interested in this Sam Stickwood. I'm Stickwood, <laughs> Sam. God damn it. And then, and then after, after asking if, uh, after finding out that he could not get um, any of the Nate clones, like one through thirty or thirty through sixty, he says, "Fine, I'll take Nate number 70. That's okay. You can have him. Uh, he's, let's. He's, he's not really that. He's subpar, honestly. <laughs> and then, um, let's see uh, about the Emma ships. Sorry. That's, that's when we stopped cloning you and started cloning the clones. Sorry. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. they they start getting they start getting lower and lower and in, in and it's, it's pretty. Yeah. 
you know. Wow. Okay. Sorry, guys. That'll be for next time. I couldn't do a complete list, so I only did Emma. Just see how silly you guys are. Scoggist won't work even by silly standards. That's pushing it. What? No. Wow. Nope. Wow. Really? Nope. Really, Sam? It's the one. It's this. It's the one we ship the most as the players. <laughs> I, Sam, I'm disappointed. Sam, in Sam you. I'd like to hear why you think Scoggist <laughs> wouldn't work. I I really want to hear that. Um, <laughs> Possibly because one's all spider bear. No, no, no. Because it's it's the it's the Death Note slash. It is cure. <laughs> it is cure. It is the cure slash. They are mortal guys, but for some reason Damn. people always slash them. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> Justice planned. <laughs> We're all according to Kaku. Kaku. All right. God uh, damn it. <laughs> Clip space is fun. I did send you the link for Pokemon Tabletop Adventures. It's 360 pages. It. And yes, we have it. Um, yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't gotten to reading it yet. Um, I will certainly read it and run it. In- um, some point. Right. To be honest, Sam, Nate's just not that big a Pokemon fan. <laughs> Couldn't finish that with straight face, could you? Uh, you uh, could. Let's see. I fucking love Pokemon. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, so, in regards to translating the Thousand and One Souls, thanks, Nate. I wasn't asking you to translate it. Sorry if that appeared to be it. No, that's fine. Um, I don't know what this Wait. other question is. He has something about the festival in here. Oh, and then he has something in regards to our commenting on his group and how they played Monster and Childish Things. Um, when he said they were normal in made, he meant normal by its standards, and even playing normal people, mutants and masterminds, refers to how they were fine as civilians, but in costume, the best way to describe them is chaotic, neutral to evil. Um, the, the road trips, uh, I, I meant the road uh, in regards to... It's being like all road trip sessions in one. No, I meant road trip with every character being half Charlie Bale and half someone else. Um, let's see. That sounds like an amazing game we're talking about. <laughs> it, what? What? You, you basically that game is Battletoads. The game. It is. Battletoads. Yeah. Battletoads. What? 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 With the Battletoads. Um, okay, and in relation to Sam's question about the Kickstarter, um, if you want the rules, if you want the playtest rules for Soda Dystopia. Uh, press one. No. <laughs> if you want the playtest rules oh, for Sword Dystopia in the Kickstarter, it is the it is the ten dollar reward. If you contribute ten dollars and we meet our funding goal, you will get the playtest rules emailed to you. That is a fantastic thing. Also, you'll and that's just that's just that's one of the first of many things yeah. we're offering. No, no, the first is a list of things that I am among, not allowed among, to say. Well, first. one of the first. Among yeah. the first. Also, also, among, uh, also, among first. Also, text role plays um, based on well, not based on, but text text role plays in the uh, with the Frida's characters, um, which are there. It's like reading a short story, except the writer has multiple personalities. <laughs> Uh, the writer keeps rapidly changing styles from page to page. Why is Sometimes font color? Uh, why? Why? Why is? Why is the person that's like? Why? 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 Why is the writing so much better when they're talking about Scott? It's so much so much worse when they're talking about Emma. I don't understand. I think you have that in reverse order. Um, let's see. Will we ever hear? Okay, so Luffy three sixteen writes. Will we ever hear the true origin of Manny in a podcast? What he is, who he is, who were his parents? Where did Uncle V find him? If not, what is it? I can't even find it on the wiki. Um, Luffy, <laughs> I'm going to simply say. Oh man. I'm going to simply say spoilers. So many spoilers. <laughs> uh, so many spoilers. Such spoilers we have for you. Wait for Frieza's season two. All questions will be answered. Even Most que- questions. Even questions you didn't think you had. 
Um, True is, that, is, is that is that going to be season two or is that going to be season three? Season, uh, this should be season two. Into. If we're dividing them, if we if we're dividing it on like a on a because the thing is, season one was like twenty six episodes. Um, we haven't even reached right. twenty six episodes in season two yet. Oh, okay, that would like, be that would be that would be session fifty two. We haven't gotten there yet. Um, we're on like forty six. Also, the thing that. is, we we'll do a season break if an if another thing comes up in our posting cycle that we want to really post. Um, season session twenty six was a really good breaking point, and we had like four mini campaigns backlogged that we really wanted to yeah. post. Um, it's also that. Yeah. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited that people want to know. It yeah. Makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you know I created a character that people care about. I know. I know. It's. I know. It's a good feeling. All right. So now we're getting to the meat of our discussion, which actually has taken a really long time to get to. Um, Travis writes, "I got a question for Nate. By the way, is it Nate or Nate? I've seen it spelled both ways on the site. And Travis is actually Nate. Um, but during." <laughs> <laughs> During the interview I have with you guys, you mentioned you're a douche, Matt. <laughs> That's the best answer to that question. But uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, during the interview I had with you guys, you mentioned how you did a lot of research to help get into the mindset of a little girl. I have a horror story. I plan to enter into a writing competition, but I can't tell if I wrote the main character childish enough. I've done some research. Um, for instance, watching Coraline for Creepy Place, Scary Feel, rewatch some old Nicktoons, listen to, watch some current kids shows, watch some kids movies. I remember being scary as a kid, but I still can't tell if I did it right. Is there anything you could suggest that might help? I'm split because my creative writing group liked it and thought it was scary creepy, but the other half didn't like it or didn't get it. They didn't tell me. I'm, well, uh, I'm first going to reply to the, um, before before I I, uh, I I attempt to um, refute any any implications that may that may that may uh, have me seem like a creep, because anytime someone so, someone says that oh yeah Nate did a lot of research so they could play a little girl what <laughs> there's no way to say that without without it seeming just horribly wrong okay well that's gonna be that'll be answered in the interview because you actually you actually state the you state the basis of this state how this is not creepy. Um, yeah, very, very uh, succinctly, anyway. very well. Um, oh, thank you. I'm glad. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, as far as um, creative writing groups go, uh, this is actually a thing you're going to experience with most most creative writing groups. Is um, people tend to just be shy with their comments. And well, uh, I'm saying I'm saying most creative writing groups here. I mean, you're 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 obviously going to encounter some that are that are really great with, with with like with voicing their critiques and you're kind of some that that um are really bad at it like you know giving only negative criticism for instance um but here's here's what i'll say about creative writing uh, stuff and especially workshops workshops are inherently broken and i'm gonna go on a bit of english major nerd rage here oh I'm, I'm going to agree here. Are, are such, yeah no workshops are broken because all of the participants and it's usually taught this way. It's always assumed that you put a story into a workshop to improve the story. That's incorrect. You put a story into a workshop in order to get everyone else in the workshop to know how to talk about and correctly read a story in order to edit it properly and then take that information and improve their own writing with it. Stories are never improved by going through workshopping. In fact, they're sure. frequently destroyed by going through workshopping. It's a sacrifice. If don't base uh, whether or not an idea is viable based on a creative writing workshop, it's never a good plan. It's it's it's, it's very true. Um, as far as I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to look for 
um, advice or like on if you're going to look for um, advice on you know what's what's good, what's bad, what's good in the story, what's bad in the story. I mean, just send it in, send it to individual friends, pretty much individual friends, individual yeah. family. I mean. Folk, folk that aren't necessarily I mean, going to, folk, folk that you that you know and trust well enough that aren't just going to tell you what they like and only what they like, um, but not really so much a big huge group workshop as Sam was saying. Um, yeah, and also cool. side note, uh, Cor- Coraline is fucking awesome. I finally got a chance to see this movie over Christmas because my little sister got it, and I'm totally gonna run a little fear scenario based off of Coraline as soon as possible. And I'm excited for that. I love so, Wolfers. Um, yeah. Nevertheless, uh, as far as um, as far as writing uh, children goes, uh, going going along lines of um of you know writing and portraying, say a little girl when you're you know a young adult man. Um, when I when I when I was doing when I was kind of doing research on the matter, um, I was basically just going to you know I was just I was just talking to women. Talking to female friends, um, talk, talking to relatives. I was just trying to see how they were like in their youth, trying 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 to understand how they how they acted, how they talked, things they did. Tried to find common grounds, um, and ultimately, what I found out that uh, every every hour I put into that research research was completely useless um, because there really is no there really is no primary difference between a teenage boy and a teenage girl. It's just the same. There's really no primary difference between a man and a woman. Um, the only difference you end up encountering is is uh, conditioning. Okay, you are born of the male gender. So you're born of the male gender, and your parentage and the people around you condition you to like masculine things. Or you're born of the female gender, and your parentage and the people around you condition you to like feminine things. Or what is regarded as feminine. And that really ends up being it. That ends up being the deciding factor of it all. Otherwise, there's really no, there's really no um, difference between. There's really no huge fundamental difference between the, between the male voice and the female voice. And that's that's my personal philosophy. But um, then again, I am a man who preaches sexual equality on all fronts. Uh, so that being said, that being said, um, you know, if you're writing about if you're writing about a kid who, uh, if, you're, if you're writing about, if you're writing about someone who's of of of, um, of the opposite sex, and you're afraid that uh, you're afraid that you're going to start going into cliches or stereotypes that they're not really going to seem like a real person to uh, your to your readers or your listeners in the case of you know, you know podcasts or or games or whatnot. Um, what you kind of want to do is mix and match, like uh, like take. Like like um take uh take hobbies that would be considered feminine or likes and dislikes that would be considered feminine and also mix it with likes and dislikes that would be considered masculine. Well yeah well kind of uh, strike 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 a balance between them. Like um I think that goes to kind of making characters in general that you want to have you want to have like one defining trait and then a few other traits that run counter to that and that's how you make yeah. that's how you make a two dimensional character as opposed to you know uh, three dimensional character. Yeah yeah. Um, as how you make somebody with how you make somebody who is multifaceted, somebody who isn't a stereotype. Um, um, and uh, I mean, as far as personal examples that I have that are on the, that are that are on the uh, on the podcast, uh, you can take Agnes from United We Stand. Uh, this is 
this 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 is this is a this is a girl who does in fact have some semblance of of flights of fancy of romance and she, I mean she doesn't really let on to it very often but she does she does she does have romantic romantic issues romantic romantic wants uh, wants and etc um, but at the same time she's you know she's raised in a family that is very sort of I don't really want to say masculine but is very sort of rough tumble fighty I mean. Her mother and her father are both the type of people who, who, who go, oh, you insulted me. I'm going to break your face open. So she, in turn, is the same way. She comes off as very boyish, consequently. Yet, at the same time, still has still has what would be considered, quote-unquote, girlish um, tendencies. Uh, and I could, I could cite Emma, but that would, just be, that would just be really wrong. She doesn't have... She doesn't, she doesn't act like a teenager outside of emotional she mood like swings. She all... Yeah, and, um, and Emma Emma has some of her her own problems too that I don't think would be an excellent example if we're talking yeah. about like average Emma, people. Emma, Emma, yeah, <laughs> Emma's a Emma's a bad example of an average person. Um, well, she also she also falls into some stereotypes of women that I think that um, I know she doesn't necessarily want to, uh, but I also I also see where she's coming from as a young girl sort of standpoint, and I don't think that that she's a bad character for it. I think if anything, a lot of girls her age. Do fall into some of these, you know, stereotypes of well, I, I need to feel pretty. I need a boyfriend. I need someone to let me know that everything's going to be okay. Girls don't really need any of that, but at that age, you kind of feel like you do. Yeah, um, and actually, uh, just just for the record, uh, man, I don't know if I said this before or not. That's entirely intentional on my end. Um, Emma, 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 Emma acts like she thinks she's supposed to act in a lot, in a lot of cases. She never no, really, no, she never really had guidance in that case. No, I know you put a lot of thought into her and everything. I'm, I, I don't, I'm not knocking it or, or anything. Oh no, I didn't think you were. I was just saying that um, her, her, her kind of in a way seeming, her, her kind of in a way not um, like taking a stereotypical approach to like t- taking a stereotypically female approach to something. Um, yeah, she's she doesn't have any social or you know developmental guidance. Well, I mean, sometimes sometimes we do adhere to stereotypes. I mean, even as real people, sometimes we act how we think that we're supposed to act because we're not really sure of anything else if we've, you know, never been told to or never ever interacted with something like that. And like in the case of Emma, she's never had like a mother figure or a big sister figure or anything. She's pretty much on her own, so. It's true. Um, and, you know, Again, with, with stereotypes, uh, yes, there's, there's you know some someone in stereotypes really problematic because again you know what you've been conditioned to do, what you've conditioned to believe, conditioned to think. Um, but it's still important that there's be something beyond that. There's there's definitely um, there's definitely uh, conflicting traits and, and and the like. We could talk for hours about we, yeah. We, um, in any case, uh, in yeah, any I case, was going to say to get back to Travis's question. Um, yeah, pretty uh, much. Teenage, teenage character. Sorry, I, I, yeah. I, I, well, I, 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 I and, and yeah. Well, I was gonna say pretty much teenage characters and how you can tell if they are written childish enough or you know right. effectively. Um, as far as as far as teenage characters go, uh, the teenage the, the teenage worldview is probably the most important part of that. You're going to be writing a character who's very self-centered, even if they don't, even if they try not to be self-centered. Teenagers are very self-centered people. 
It's not. Oh yeah. It's not the world around me as it is me in the world around me. Yeah, well, because well, as, as a that's teenager, that's the age where you discover you. Yeah, well, as a teenager, you think you 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 don't think you know you're hot shit. You can you can <laughs> not hey, you, so much you that. Fight. I mean, like you can, fight, you can fight the whole world. Um, <laughs> fuck the world. Well, you are you. That, that is that is the age where where you're actually discovering your identity, right. and so you make a lot of things about you pretty much because uh, you you have to understand something in the world and it has to pretty much be the only thing you get which is you right um and it, it kind of conversely kinda... yeah oh, well, i was gonna say conversely if if it turns out he's actually writing for a younger character which i just realized he might be by the way he phrased this question um conversely uh, characters like that are going to be very interested in the world around them they're going to not care so much or not pay so much attention to their own internal life as much as there is what's going on around them. I mean, yeah. you reference Coraline. Coraline is a great example of this. It's exploring, and exploring gets you in trouble. Yeah. And uh, so uh, the idea is if you have a character who is very much engaged in what's going on in the world, that you've probably done some, right, good, some things correctly. Also, that's sure. um, um, also uh, just one other thing. Just like off, just off the top of my head, the back of the Monster and the Childish Things book actually talks about how to how to get in the mindset, how to get in the mindset of children of various ages. Benbo actually goes through a lot of key points about about the kinds of I don't know how much research you put into this, um, but I you know I don't I don't have a lot of memories of you know what I thought as what I thought as a child. Um, outside of now thinking about it, um, I look back on my childhood and say, "Damn, I was a dumbass." Um, but, um, but I mean, he covers a whole bunch of things because one of the things about that game is playing a child. Um, I think one of the main things that he was saying is that for small children, especially, um, one of the big, like one of the big things in there is parents. Like they, they, you, a child on their own is a is a powerless entity. Um, they have, they have not they have i mean they have they have ideas about things around them but the thing like nobody nobody's going to take them seriously like um even outside even outside like to a degree like i'm trying to think about this but like your parents are going to tell you to do a lot of things they have there are a lot more rules when you are a small child um and a lot of things you do are to please your parents (laughs) um as you grow obviously as children grow older that part of it becomes you know less of a thing you do things because you like to do things <laughs> it, is, it is it is very very true um so uh i mean i certainly hope that uh i certainly hope that helps um if there i mean if there's any 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 other questions regarding that you know feel free to ask uh it's as the last probably 15 20 minutes can 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 suggest we can talk about this for a very long time. Yeah. Um, so if, if we if we weren't specific enough on certain details or whatnot, if you have any other questions, you know, feel free to drop them by. We'll 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 further address them. So we finally have we have Sean here with us, and Sam Sam and Nate and I still with our terrible sinus infections. Um, and me. And Charlie and Charlie with <laughs> yeah, his they've gotten worse. And Charlie with his briefly runny nose. Sam, did you get like drugs? I kind of. Did you get? Did you get I have like. You get drugs from I have a, crack cocaine. I've been brewing in like the how, bathroom. How should I answer this? <laughs> you get drugs from like a doctor. <laughs> Who understands? Does he the doctor? Uh, I, <laughs> he his clinic is out of the back of a van down by the river, but.
I told you not to get drugs from Chris Farley, okay? Um. <laughs> from beyond the grave. Yep. <laughs> Too soon. Ghost of Chris Farley. All right. Too soon. <laughs> Same for you. Hey. Uh, already, oh, this train is not on the rail. No, no. This train is on the perfect, it's multi-track drifting, okay? So we have our <laughs> kind of last one of the last major questions, which is from uh, Luffy three sixteen three one six. Um, they they asked us. Um, you should just call them that the whole time. Three sixteen three one six. Luffy three sixteen. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, their comment is uh, another question is found to mine. We've had some mention of everyone in the road trip game's parents, except for Matt. For, except for Max and Donnie's, and well, maybe Doug's. Um, we know they live with honorable grandfather, but any in, any intended explanation of where his parents are, or just kind of an unspoken fact that they're deceased? Now, I have a uh, a, a kind of a general idea of what's uh, of what's up with uh, with Max and Donnie's parents, which is, I mean, you. Pretty much hit the nail on the head. They they are uh, deceased as far as as far as we know. Um, I mean, nobody really uh, talks about it. I mean, because that's kind of for obvious reasons. It's, it's I mean, just maybe a little bit of a sensitive stuff. topic. Yeah, I mean that they're they're. Hey Max, how's your parents? Still dead? All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least they're not at least they're not in a crack house. Yeah, well, I mean, like to be fair, that's kind of how Frida's goes most of the time. The thing is, is that it's not. The rest of your family dead? Yeah. <laughs> well, at least your parents would still like you. <laughs> well, the thing is that it's not um, as uh, intrinsic to the plot of like his parents, where they are, or what they're doing. I mean, uh, if it was, I mean, he'd just end up being like, I don't know, Asian Batman or something. Uh, there are too many characters that's... that want to be Batman. Yeah, actually, that's actually that's just a ch- common childhood fantasy. <laughs> My parents are dead. Now, I think that would probably. I think that probably wouldn't sit too well <laughs> if, uh, if Max were... Yeah. Why can't they be Iron Man, huh? Because his parents are alive. What? Oh, no, his dad's dead, but from natural yeah. causes. See, that's the... Yeah, he's... It's Iron, I, see, that's... <laughs> my father My father was killed by cancer, and now I go around at night and fight disease. You know, he could do that. He's rich enough. <laughs> he, he, him and Reed Richards could like team up and cure cancer. Yeah, if they wanted to instead of you know punching out you know petty criminals. Yeah, where's the fun in that? But uh, you know, as far as like other, um, as far as like that becoming involved in the plot and stuff, um, or or kind of uh, exploring that sort of facet of uh, Max and Donnie. Uh, hadn't really sprung to mind. Although, I mean, now that I think about it, it could be something cool. I mean, we we already have uh, about a billion different things that everybody wants to do with uh, with road trip and with other with other stuff. So it, it's it's not it's not high priority. It's just kind of it's just kind of what it is. Although we do, um, although we have had we have had a thing where we've explored everybody else's characters. Um, in yeah, fact, yeah, in fact, the entire plot of that was to explore characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give you some limelight. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it just it, in terms of like, I I don't see it as a as a huge priority. Although it would be kind of cool. Um, I mean, what? I mean, how about how about how about you guys? I mean, like, 
Is is that something that you feel like it would be kind of cool if it turned out to be something other than kind of what's understood, or if there was some more exploration as to kind of what their parents were like, or what sort of role they played uh, previously before they were deceased? Well, I know that was one. I know one thing that you're com- that you've I been think- you've been talking about in Road Trip is that you um, you dislike that Max has lost a lot of like dynamism that he. Yeah, and and I honestly I I've. The last couple of sessions, um, I, I think some of my interest is back just because of kind of how, I mean, some of it might have something to do with the fact that it's been so long since we played it. So I'm kind of coming at it fresh, you know, like I'm not thinking about this in terms of any more of like, oh, I'm playing, you know, Max. I don't know anything about it where I'm, it's more of kind of I'm playing Max and I'm just kind of going to sort of make them what I want to be fun to play instead of trying to adhere to any sort of uh, confines of role playing as far as his character goes. So I, I mean, in, in a sense, I'm kind of throwing some of his personality out the window now. That's, that's kind of, that's, I mean, that's the, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be completely out of, out of character for this road trip, but game in general, I mean, I've, I had to do it with Daniel. At one, yeah. like, one point in the middle of it, I, I I got tired of him just being an old joke. So yeah, I, kind I, of I can understand. Discarded, just kind of discarded like the the funny parts of his personality mm-hmm. because it was just annoying to play. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's it's the same thing that that like it's gone on long enough that all these characters we kind of created as I mean that was one thing that Alex said in the in the interview with Travis that he's he's actually gotten tired of butts. He's just doing it i guess out of the, the one, out of his duty <laughs> which i mean there there are there is some some fun stuff to uh to butts and uh and uh woodbeard that i don't you know it, it's kind of funny to think about them in terms of their um uh, woodbeard and butts are as much buddies as as their kids are where they're like you know they're like poker uh buddies yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> like peas and carrots yeah yeah. Um, you can sort of. I, mean, I, th- I think there was actually one point where um, where uh, they were uh, there was Woodbeard, Butts, Boss, and Leadbot. Right. Were they're 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 all playing poker using melee as chips. <laughs> she was not happy about that. She was she was displeased with this, but she couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. She's like, put me down, and I'm like, and the Woodbeard's like, all in. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the, that would, that would be, that would be the shortest game of poker ever. You only have four chips. <laughs> but uh, as but um, going back to Max and Donnie's parents, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as I always kind of had it in my head that yeah, they're 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 deceased. They died in like something really horribly mundane. Like, well, I say mundane, but um, horrible but normal. Like a car crash, or something like that, which does, which uh, considering all of this crazy stuff that's going around <laughs> them, it's kind of an interesting, uh, kind of an interesting thing to think about. Where it's like, yeah, my parents are dead, but they they died normally. We we keep seeing all of this like crazy shit and crazy death and stuff like that. But I mean, he's already had to deal with. Um, I mean, both of them have already had to deal with, uh, you know, loss in their family. I mean, people who raise them. So, I mean, that's kind of where some of the, uh, I guess, where some of uh, Max's sort of attitude comes from, I think. And this is this is just me rambling now, but yeah, the rambling's why people listen. 
<laughs> also, in also to you, you have a you have, you have a nice pleasant voice too, Sean. So uh, you rambling is just uh, music to my ears. Aww, he's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. You're the only one of us who doesn't sound like he's talking from inside of a wind tunnel. <laughs> no, I sound fine. Kind of, well, I don't know. I sound I sound, I sound my... pretty good. Yeah, even though, my, micro- even sound... though my microphone is kind of <laughs> dying. It's like I sound okay. I think I think uh, what Sam was trying to say. Two cents. <laughs> I think I think by the wind tunnel comment, I think what he was trying to say was that Sean's only one of us sounds like he isn't just like all about himself, you know? What? Yeah, what? Go with that. What? Go with that. <laughs> no. No. Nate, <laughs> I just Nate, I think you need to uh, you need to wake up. Anyway, my two cents is that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. I'm sorry. Yes, my two cents is that I think the canon for the parents disappearing should be that. They were robots who decided they didn't want to live on Earth anymore, so they flew away. Yes, that's done. That's it. You... <laughs> no, it's already, it's already too close. That's, that, that's already too close to Jonathan to, to Jonathan Hot Rod Roadster. <laughs> Johnny Hot. <laughs> um, uh, which uh, I think it'd be great if he made a comeback. <laughs> oh. But um, you know, I, I in in some ways i think it would be cool if there was something about their deaths that tied into the main plot and in other ways i'm kind of it's kind of cool how it doesn't in a way do you get what i'm saying like it, it's 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 yeah, fine it's something it's something that's but it's fine but it's perfectly fine that it doesn't yeah it's something that's, that's good just, it's something that's well and well works well implied would have to be would have to be um carry would have to be executed well to be good you know in actual story. Yeah. Yeah. And if I can add um, my two cents, I, I, I would say... <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. They're my last two! <laughs> Make your deposit, please. I'm gonna have a whole ten cents. No! Uh, no, I would say that um, whenever the idea of, you know, like, relatives or parents comes up in a game or with characters like this, I find it completely fascinating because, you know, you've got this entity... And sometimes when you're creating a character, you don't always think, you know, why did they end up like this? They're just this, and this is how I'm going to play them. Finding out, like, what they did gain from their parents and the things that they sort of carried on, the legacy through, you know, DNA and through upbringing and everything like that, has always been really fascinating to me. So I always think that, you know, learning about a character's parents and where they came from just strengthens that character even more. Mm-hmm. But I think that I think the thing um, we've never actually established when this happens, but I think Max has mostly been raised by honorable grandfather. Yeah, uh, for the most part. Uh, Even better. Uh, me personally, I was thinking it was very young. He couldn't have been older than you know, younger than ten, probably older than five, somewhere around. That's there. why I also mentioned DNA legacies. Like, does he have his mom's eyes? I don't know. Yeah, no, I I get that. <laughs> um, also, uh, if nobody has anything else to add. Um, I will answer the sub question within this question. <laughs> oh, um, and one of those things is that you don't, you never hear anything about Doug's parents because Doug doesn't really show up a whole lot in Road Trip on account of how I run eighty percent of it. Uh, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't get a lot of development because I am busy running all of the NPCs most of the time. Um, and then, and then also, uh, whatever, whenever um, you're not running it, um. For some, for some reason, another, for some reason or another, um, Don is important. <laughs> it just kind of works out that way. <laughs> yeah, you had to, you had to go, you had to go out of your way in the, in the scenario you ran to make Donnie not be there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And but I do have I do have a whole I do have a whole explanation for um for Doug's parents. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is on I believe that's on the wiki. Um, which I tried to open a new tab in Skype, and that's not going to work as well as you. Th- I don't think that's gonna work. <laughs> so I get this feeling. Which um deep inside. Okay, yeah, I did actually include it on on his thing, but um, but basically, oh, I never actually changed. I never actually changed where he where he grew up in. Um, actually, I guess that's the name of the community. Um, but basically, uh, his he used to live in a he used to live in a kind of um upper middle class suburb. Um, and lived a very average life, and then his and then his average uh, mother found out that his average father had a very average mistress. Um, there was an average divorce. Uh, there was a, there was an average uh, divorce proceeding, and ever since then he's live uh, he's living with his father in a less in a slightly less than average uh, apartment now in San Fran Diego. Hmm. That's yeah. Wow. <laughs> so he's mostly with, so he was mostly living with his uh, with his dad. Yeah. Well, that's that's where he's living now. Um, he doesn't know a whole lot about his mom aside that she eventually married some very buff grecian guy <laughs> oh. he, only met, he only met him once and he doesn't care for him but as i'm as as written here he does never he never really cares for anything his mother does there's also a whole bunch of there's also a whole bunch of other stuff that i kind of hint to whenever i'm playing doug but it's the fact that he's a druggie that he, uh, well, he, 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 yeah. I, I, I always get the impression that he's style. Well, it comes from his poser lifestyle. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, yeah. I, I always got the impression from the way you played him that, like, mostly he he thinks drugs are cool because other people think drugs are cool. Yeah, that's, yeah, pretty much. That's that's pretty much we'll the whole. Take it from it, yeah. Well, some people think they're uncool, but they're the exact people who don't know what cool is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Daniel doesn't think they're cool. Well, he doesn't know what cool is, obviously. <laughs> He knew that Cool Rat was cool, and then that Cool Rat wasn't cool. Yeah. Oh, man. I Now that I'm going through the wiki, I realize I need to update the... Uh, we need to update on, a lot of stuff. Because I, I, I have a bit more, just like a few sentences for each for each bit, uh, just to kind of make it a little less uh, bare bones. But uh, And that actually helped me a lot. <laughs> it's amazing how I hate writing, but when I, when I do uh, write stuff for characters, somehow, magically, it helps me play the character. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the, oh, man. That's one of the things, um, <laughs> going, going, much, going back to a much, much earlier question, um, another thing I like about monsters is you can, write, you can write a character without ever writing a single sentence about them because of mm-hmm. skills and distributions and such. Yeah. There's a reason it, it actually says, you know, it just even if you're not going to use a character's stats, stat them out anyway and just give them stats appropriate to things you think they would do. Yeah, it's a stuff that would make um stuff that would make sense for that character. Yeah. Or if you don't have a character idea, if you just kinda of stat them out and then you can kinda of get a general feel from kind of from from those numbers. Uh I think that's about all I have to say on, on the on Luffy 316's question, or Luffy, I'm not I'm not sure which way we're going on that. Uh, let's let's go with let's go with Luffy. I'm thinking One Piece. I really am. Is Luffy in that? Yeah. Yes. It's Monkey D. Luffy's. The okay, I've character. never actually seen the show. It's really funny because nobody ever. It seems like people rarely ever call him by his first name, which is Monkey. Well, technically, it, he has the whole you know 
family name first, then, you know. Yeah, uh, Japanese. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, technically his name would be Luki, Luffy D. Monkey. Well, well, the more you know. No, you... no. Sean? Because if you're, wait, since, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Luffy is his last name. No, it's, it's, it's his first name. Luffy? Well, it's not his surname. Yeah, let's put it that way. I thought Luffy was his surname. And they're he's they, a character with a weird ass name. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Whatever. It does it doesn't really matter. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Right. Um. Yeah. So uh, I think that's been that's all the answers to everything that people wrote in, even people who didn't actually write in questions. Um. <laughs> I believe I answered some comments, uh, but uh, yeah. So this is the drunken. Yes, you, you you did answer comments. This this is this is the drunken the newsies uh, bringing you everything, everything, everything. And uh, goodbye, good night, um, <laughs> good 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 morrow, good morrow, good morrow, Radio Land. Sure. Keep your hat. Happy 2012, everybody. Yes, happy 2012.